Welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Braxton Hunter, and this is Trinity Radio. And I appreciate that you all have showed up. Uh, maybe someone can just let me know if it sounds okay. Uh, I'm going to try to answer questions toward the end of the show so that I can focus on the response video for most of this. This is only the second time I've done one of these response videos as a live stream, so it's kind of a new experience for me. And um, so uh, appreciate you guys sticking with me. Um, so if you have a question, just make sure that you tag me, Trinity Radio, uh, in the chat. And also, if you are, um, uh, it, it, I'll try to follow the standard YouTube practice of getting to Super Chats first, if there are any, but I'll try to get to as many as we can. So appreciate all you guys being here again. Somebody again should let me know if I am uh, coming through loud and clear, because like I said, this is new to me. All right, good. Thanks, Brando. Appreciate it. So... Um, today, we are going to be looking at a video that is from uh, Russell Brand's podcast that he uploads to YouTube, and he had Ricky Gervais on there. Most of you are probably familiar with both of these guys. Uh, Ricky Gervais is one of the most well-known comedians and comedic actors in the world, and also a very outspoken atheist. And Russell Brand is also well-known for the same things, except that he is a well-known What's the right term? Universalist? Doesn't feel right. Uh, spiritualist? I'm not sure. He's got tattoos of various gods or that represent various religions all over his arms and back. And I uh, watched a couple of videos trying to get a, a, a feel for him. And it seems like he's the type of guy that wants to take the good out of all of it and kind of create an amalgam of world religions that, that capitalizes on the very best things in his opinion about each of them. And so that's problematic too. And in fact, I want to say that while much of this video is going to be focusing on what Ricky Gervais has to say, because we didn't get too much into the thoughts of Russell Brand, the reality is in terms of a distortion of the truth, it could be that Russell Brand's position is actually more dangerous than uh, Ricky Gervais. And so I want to make sure that has been made clear right from the jump because I don't see either one of these guys as presenting a faithful gospel message um, and, that, and that needs to be clear. So perhaps we'll do a response video devoted specifically to brand at a later time. So in this, yeah, Oprahism, Susan uh, says, and that's absolutely right. So, all right, uh, so we're going to jump into this pretty quick, but I want to go ahead and say right from the jump that if you are on this channel watching this right now, it's probably because you have already subscribed and clicked the notification bell. However, there are some of you that have come here from Twitter or elsewhere and you are not yet a subscriber. Listen, I know that everyone says on YouTube, subscribe and click that notification bell. But let me tell you something, especially for channels about the size of mine, it's really, really helpful. And the reason for that is because it allows us to get to plateaus or new um, benchmarks as we're trying to grow the channel that open up new possibilities. A very small thing that I can mention is when you get to 10,000 subscribers, you're allowed to then put your merch and stuff on, on the YouTube page, which then, of course, helps us to get better equipment and things like that. So um, if you're not already a subscriber, it costs you nothing, and it really, really does help us out. And then click that notification bell so that when videos like this pop up, you can be there to uh, interact with us. So thanks so much, and um, let's go ahead and jump right in and hear how this discussion opens up with Ricky Gervais explaining his thinking about atheism. By the way, as we go into this, 
Gervais has already, I didn't put it all in here because you're all familiar with it. He described the difference between how atheism is typically thought of in the academic community, though he doesn't say that, and the sort of lack of belief sort of understanding that is commonplace among internet atheists. I've often said before, it matters very little to me what you call yourself. What matters to me is what you mean by what you call yourself so that I understand you and there's clarity. There are some important discussions that surround that whole issue. But for our purposes here, let's just understand that Ricky Gervais uh, takes that lack theism sort of a position that you can be an agnostic atheist, agnostic in the sense that you, you admit that you don't know, but atheist in the sense that you, you haven't been convinced by the evidence, you don't believe. So we're going we're gonna to understand that and jump into what he says right here. Believers say, I think there is a God, an atheist thing. I don't think there is a God because I haven't got any evidence yet. So that is all, is all I'm saying. Um, as you say, religion is something else to belief and spirituality. And, um, you know, uh, 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 and if people even say to me, um, if someone proved there was a God, would you believe? I go, well, of course I would. Well, it wouldn't even be belief, it would be knowledge. You know, it would also be the greatest discovery ever. Forget, let's cancel the Nobel site from now on. He's discovered God. <laughs> That's, it's done. And I think if, if the, you know, um, if that would change everything, I think. Uh, but until we know, I, I just don't, I, I don't want to li live my life um, uh, by a belief in something, but I have no evidence in. That's all. That's that's all I'm saying. Okay, so a couple of things here. He clarifies, look, man, all I'm saying is, I don't know. All I'm saying is, I don't have that belief. He clarifies that um, he doesn't know and so doesn't believe in, in the sense that he has that lack, lack theism sort of belief. I lack a belief in God. And then he says that there are some people who say, well, you know, but yeah, but, um, but if it was proven, would you then believe? Now, this is actually an interesting moment to kind of interact with what he says here, because I don't think that he uh, thought about this. I, I don't, th I, let me just go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. Gervais is thought of as a really deep thinker. And in a certain respect, when you think about um, guys like um, Louis C.K. and Ricky Gervais and Russell Brand, what you realize is that in a certain sense, unfortunately so, many comedians have become sort of the everyman philosopher of the day. They kind of break down these philosophical concepts for people to understand. Unfortunately, they don't always have a great depth of knowledge when it comes to those things. Um, I'll never forget Louis C.K. saying that he uh, one day was driving along the road and he was thinking about the meaningless of, meaninglessness of life and he pulled over to the side and he said he, I'll never forget the way he put it, the, that the forever nothing sank in. The forever nothing, by which he meant they're just, there's nothing. It's just the forever nothing. And he was talking about meaning and purpose and things like this. They kind of become these philosophers, or, or at least they talk about philosophy at a level that everyone kind of understands. But the problem is they don't always get it right. And I think about a guy like Gervais, and I don't want to insult him. And in fact, I'll just go ahead and say it. I doubt he'll ever see this. But Ricky, if you do see this, I'd be happy to have a conversation with you about all these things anytime you want. And you'll have the edge of being an incredible guy when it comes to rhetoric. I can't match your comedic rhetoric, but I think I can match you on the issues for sure. So I'm happy to have that conversation. I think Ricky Gervais is, uh, is, is widely aware of the issues that we might talk about in worldview on 
uh, on YouTube and, and in these sorts of videos. But I don't think he has a, a real depth of knowledge to those things. And we're going to see why as we move forward. But here he says, what, what if someone said to you, or he said, I have people say to me, well, if, if it was proved that God exists, would you then believe? And he says, well, of course I would. Now, that is, in a sense, trivially unimportant. Uh, because, yeah, of course, any reasonable person should believe when there is what we could call proof. Uh, but th but here's the thing that I want everyone to understand about this. When we're thinking about Christian New Testament theological understandings of terms, now, um, fair enough, he's probably not just thinking about Christianity, but he certainly is thinking about Christianity. And so I can't, I can't pin him down too much on this. And, and it may well be that the person who asked him meant, if, if, if it were proven, would you believe in terms of mental assent? Would you then recognize the truth of a certain proposition? And of course, yeah, of course. But here's the thing. Within Christian theological understanding, especially based on the New Testament, when we're talking about belief, we're not just talking about belief in something in the sense of mental assent. I'm recognizing it to be true. Now, the New Testament does have a place for that in the use of the word belief as it's translated in English. However, there is also another concept that is often missed, and that is the, the idea of believing on something or someone. So, of course, Ricky Gervais would believe in God if it was proven. At least that's we're giving him that. But would he believe on something? Would he believe on Christ, the person of Christ, if we're talking about Christianity? If Christianity were shown to be true and the Christian God exists, would he then believe on Christ and worship the one true God? That would be to believe on. So that's actually a more important and a much more interesting question than the trivially irrelevant question of would you believe in uh, this God, like in terms of recognizing the truth of the proposition. Now, here's why that's more important. We've had people in the past, multiple atheists on YouTube, including Matt Dillahunty and other famous, uh, more famous atheists, have said things like, I would not worship that God, which is terminology that basically is synonymous with, I would not believe on that God. I wouldn't trust that God. I wouldn't worship that God. Okay. And so, uh, in, in fact, I called Matt Dillahunty out on this in our debate. So the question then becomes, if you wouldn't, if you do, if you would believe in terms of mental assent, but you wouldn't believe in terms of worshiping or believing on, then the question has to become, uh, uh, if you wouldn't believe on, but you would believe in, what is the motivation for your not believing on? And now we don't know about Ricky Gervais, whether he would believe on, but if he's like the people that he's quoting, and we'll see that he very much quotes uh, these atheist popularizers, if, he, if he's thinking like the people that he references and the people that he's talking like, and I can't say that he is, but many of those people would believe in, according to what they have to say, but they wouldn't believe on. If you wouldn't believe on, which is the more important question, then it becomes an issue of motivation. If, if Why wouldn't you believe on this God? Well, because of um, unpopular social issues that come up or because of, um, you know, because I don't believe in the concept of worship, which is what Delante said or whatever. But then the question becomes, if you're not believing on, for these reasons, if you wouldn't believe on, then that motivation, whatever that motivation is, does that then impact whether or not you currently believe in, in terms of mental assent? In other words, if it is the case that you wouldn't worship this God, if it turned out to be true, is there a motivation there that right now in, in, in real space and time, we can apply to or, or bring into the question of why don't you believe in? Why don't you accept the mental assent? So this is a complex question, and I think there is a very important distinction there. And I'd actually much rather have the answer to that other question. Now, this brings us to another issue about this that I think is vitally important for us to understand. And that is, he says here, that's all I'm saying. 
That's all I'm saying. I tell people this all the time. I've tried to explain it to them. All I'm saying is that I just haven't seen the evidence. I just don't. I haven't been convinced we can imagine him saying, I just don't believe. It's not that I know there's no God. I just don't believe. That's all I'm saying. Is that really all you're saying, Ricky? Is that really? No, no, that's not all you're saying. We see him later in the video multiple times, and I'll point them out to you where he shows that it's not just that he's just saying, hey, man, I just haven't seen the evidence. I just don't have a belief. I lack a belief. No, you refer to this as superstitious stuff. You say that we shouldn't even look into it. We shouldn't even look elsewhere beyond the natural sciences. You say that, um, that, that we should recognize that death is the end and what it will be like after death is what it's been like for 13 billion years or whatever before you were born. You make all of these knowledge claims or statements uh, uh, that, that show me that you don't really see. It's not really the case that you just lack a belief. It really does seem to be the case that you have an active belief that God doesn't exist. Now, have we seen that before? I think that we have. Where we've seen that before is among many of the internet atheists. Now, let me preface this, as I always do, by saying with what I'm about to say, I literally and honestly do not mean this to apply to all the atheists that I deal with on YouTube or in real life, for sure. Um, this is this, But this is a large number of them. And again, if it's not you, what do I always say? If the shoe doesn't fit, don't wear it. Don't be offended. I'm not talking about you. But for those of you who I am talking about, there is a category of atheists on the internet, particularly in, in the YouTube world, who will say that they have this lack, lack theism sort of, I just lack a belief. I'm not saying I know there's no God. I'm not, I'm not saying I actively believe against God. I'm just saying that I just don't have that belief currently. And so in that sense, I'm an atheist. But then when you read their comments or you watch their videos, they talk about it as though it's this idea of God is ridiculous. It's like Santa Claus. It's 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 absurd, you know. And they and they shoot it down with all it's superstitious. I can't believe we're in the 21st century and there are still these people who believe in this sort of thing and and haven't left that into you know the Middle Ages or whatever. Uh, you can't have your cake and eat it too. And I want to be very clear about this. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Now again, I'm not talking about everyone, but I am talking about a certain kind of person. And for the atheists and the Christians that don't do that, we're having a conversation at the grown-ups table. And if you want to have that conversation at the grown-ups table, then what that means is you've got one of two options. You can either stick with the lack theism, the, I'm, the atheism in the way that it's come, the morphological meaning that it has on the internet that is, hey, I just don't have that belief, but I'm open, I'm, I'm genuinely open and drop all the pejoratives about it's ridiculous, it's absurd, it's like Santa Claus. Because whether you mean it this way or not, and I suspect you do without realizing it or realizing it, what you are conveying with it's like Santa Claus, it's ridiculous, it's, what, what do we mean by that? Those are, those are things, Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, unicorns, these are things we actively disbelieve in. We don't believe, we believe they don't exist. We don't just lack a belief in them, certainly we do lack a belief, but we actively believe that they don't exist. So if you're the person who wants to say you genuinely lack a belief, then drop all that stuff and have a conversation at the grown-ups table. Or if you want to stay the person who says it's ridiculous, it's absurd, it's like Santa Claus, it's like the Easter Bunny, it's like unicorns, you can have a place at the grown-ups table too. Now we will expect a little more respect than that about the issues, but you can hold those notions. But if so, then you need to carry that burden of proof and recognize 
oh my goodness, I need to defend the position that it is ridiculous by showing that this God doesn't exist or the supernatural is impossible or Jesus didn't rise from the dead or whatever thing that you want to do. But you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't say, I'm open, but I just lack a belief. That's all it is. And then by the way you speak and the way you act, convey that you actively disbelieve in this thing. Those are very important categories, I think. And Ricky Gervais goes into the category of the person who wants to have his cake and eat it too and claim the Lacvieism stuff. And then at the same time, uh, speak as though and argue as though and sometimes flatly speak that it is false, that it doesn't exist, that it's not true. Um, and that that's a very important thing, I think, to, to keep in mind. We have to understand all of that. And I think what that comes back to, and I know others before me have said it, but it's, it's really important that we recognize this. There, the reason I think this happens is either the person, the individual, is just copying what they see among other YouTubers, or what is happening is the person uh, really does believe that they merely lack a belief, but they get caught up into the, the, you know, the propaganda on YouTube and they end up saying things out of passion that they never could back up. Uh, but there is a type of person, I think, that recognizes, recognizes what's going on and is claiming the lactheism as a strategic move so that they don't have a burden of proof. Because in these discussions, we accept the burden of proof. The Christian theists accept the burden of proof. We understand that we have to give you reasons to believe that this God exists, and we do that all the time. But if you're going to speak as though, whether you say it as a badge or not, if you're going to speak as though it doesn't exist and it's absurd and it's superstition, then you need to carry your burden of proof to show that God does not exist or that Jesus did not rise from the dead or that the supernatural is false. You can't have your cake and eat it too. So I wanted to point all that out. And now let's move on to the next thing and hear what Russell Brand has to say. Myself, my own sense of despair, uh, particularly looking at it from a perspective of uh, mental health issues and addiction, is that there is an unaddressed yearning for a kind of oneness, togetherness, and uh, and like you know to, to your point earlier about Brent, in, indeed for love. And when like you talk about that sense of awe of uh, like the appreciation of a, an animal, the love of an animal, and the sort of regard and gratitude for having an animal love you and care for you, or the beauty of nature, or the deep deep beauty of the cosmos, what I feel like and my own uh, appreciation understanding stroke belief in God is is that there is a kind of in the love of it in the awareness of rightness itself there is an indication that there is such a thing as rightness not that there any one particular group or ideology has unique a particular and special access to it all right so a couple of things that Russell Brand again I want to be clear when I say this especially for those that are just showing up I want to be clear that um, Russell Brand is a uh, is a person who's kind of an amalgamation uh, amalgamation of many of the different world religions. And he thinks that they all are saying one thing, basically, and that's that we ought to love everybody and all these kind of things. And so I don't look at him as a person who is properly conveying um, uh, gospel truth or is in any orthodox sense a Christian in that sense. Okay, so Russell Brand, again, if, if that's you out there, I'd love to talk to you too and be happy to make that happen. Not that I think any one of these guys um, are, are going to end up end up seeing this. But um but if they do, the, the offer does stand. So let's uh, let's look at what he just says down here. He, he We could read this in an uncharitable way or we could read it in a charitable way. Now, we're going to be critical of something that he says later. But here at right now, what we can say is 
Russell Brand is talking about morality. And what he's saying is when I look at beauty and I look at morality and I see all these things all around me, I recognize that take morality, for example, there is something that is internal. He says that in here's later on, and we'll get to that clip, that there is something intrinsic, we might say, that he recognizes not that there is morality in some fabricated humanist sort of a way, but that there is what he says is such a thing as rightness. Yeah, not, not, that, not that we just, it's, it's like a, a useful fiction, like the humanist must hold, but that there is, there is such a thing as rightness. In other words, what he's driving at has to be something indistinguishable from what we mean when we talk in these circles about objective morality. And you could apply that to his previous terms and talk about objective beauty, objective justice. But for those that may be new to the discussion, the idea is that um, if, if uh, we talk about mathematics, it is objectively true that 2 plus 2 equals 4. It's objectively uh, true that 2 plus 2 does not equal 5, that that's, that's, it's, that's a false claim that 2 plus 2 equals 5. And it wouldn't matter what anybody thought about it because these are objective issues. These are matters of fact. Subjective issues are more akin to, for our purposes here, a matter of opinion. So what, what um, Russell Brand is saying is it seems like there is such a thing as rightness. In other words, that outside of me, outside of humanity, over above transcending that, there is some standard of rightness. And so he would be defending something like an objective morality. And he adds a clarifying statement, and this is where we could read him uncharitably or charitably. He says not that any particular ideology or religion has you know exclusive access to this or something like that. We could we could understand him just to be saying that all the religions kind of hit at something, but no one of them can can claim to have it right. But I think what it, he would be saying if we read him charitably there is that he's saying something like regardless of the epistemology of this, regardless of the prescriptions, the particular moral statements that a particular religion may make, and whether you agree with those or not, or think they're right or not, put, put that aside, the specifics of religion and their dogmas for a moment. Put those aside, and let's ask the question, is morality itself such a thing? Is there such a thing as rightness in this objective sense? And I think that's important because what we're going to see is that Ricky Gervais continually tries to tie it down to the particular prescriptive pronouncements of a particular religion or another. And this is something we see all the time. It shocks me how often when I'm viewing atheist videos, how often this happens. And it certainly happened with the popularizers like Christopher Hitchens, who must have been a hero to Ricky Gervais, because much of what Ricky Gervais is just, a, is, is just an echo of Hitchens through Gervais. And uh, he commonly made the mistakes that we're going to see that Gervais made. So um, let's just let's just go ahead. Um, yeah. So Pat asked a very good question. Could Russell Brand have a knowledge of the truth, but not be acknowledging God himself? I think absolutely. I, I think, in fact, I think that um, even you've heard me say before, if you've listened to this channel for very long, I think it is the case. And by the way, I'm not I'm not trying to. Um, uh, I'm not trying to uh, favor certain comments over the others. I, I know that you all are all making comments, uh, but I am trying to I just look down and I happen to see this. I think it plays in well. You've heard me say before, if you listen to this channel, that there, I think that other religions who have supernatural experiences, people that have supernatural experiences, like the Mormons who claim a burning in the bosom or, or any other religion, take your pick. I don't necessarily say they're making it up. Now, some of them, I think they're making it up. For some of them, it's psychosomatic. For some Christians, it's probably psychosomatic or made up. But I think that for some of them, I don't just discount it out of hand. 
I think that they are interacting with something real. The question is, what is the content of that experience? Because on Christianity, we understand that there are um, there are good and there are bad supernatural influences, okay? Now, someone asked me just the other day, well, then how do you know? How do you know the difference? How do you Christians know that yours isn't the counterfeit and the Mormons won the real? Well, that's where we bring in these um, apologetics and look at the truth claims of the different religions and all of that. And, and we could show, I think, that, that it's more reasonable to accept Christianity. But nevertheless, um, yeah, Russell Brand could, and even some people who are Muslim or Hindu or whatever else, could have a knowledge of God and either reject it or have been deceived. Because that's the nature of a man who's been deceived, is he doesn't know he was deceived, otherwise he wouldn't be deceived to begin with. But, um, but I think it's important to recognize that I think the brand is presenting us with an objective morality and uh, that even if you take away the prescriptions of the moral epistemologies of particular religions, the, the ontology of morality is that there is such a thing as rightness. And I think that that's helpful for us. Now, what does Gervais have to say about this? Well, let's take a look. A good Christian or a good Muslim or a good Jew or whatever is someone who does all the good bits in that holy book and ignores the bad bits. And I say, if you already know right from wrong, you don't need the book. And, and, and you know, you have to cherry pick. Um, and uh, we know that the bad believers are the ones that do the bad bits too, <laughs> you know? Um, so for me, it's, it's, uh, it is personal. I just happen not to believe in God. I, I used to, but now I've thought about it and, I, I feel like I don't need a God. Um, uh, but the, the, the thing that I really object to is people assuming that you can't be a good person if you don't believe in a God, which, which is proved over and over again. Okay, so um, I think he meant that it's proven that you can be a good person without God over and over again. Now, there's a couple of things I want to I hit on here uh, that I think are, are serious problems for Gervais's position. And the first one is, what's good and bad? What do you mean by good and bad? And, and if you're the type of person that's an atheist who kind of rolls their eyes at that, I'm sorry, this is a serious, this is a serious position, a serious issue. What do you mean by good and bad? You, you must have some standard that you manufacture. I've seen several people in the chat just now saying things like, well, it is subjective. It is, we all kind of recognize certain things are good and bad, but it's all subjective. And Okay, fine. Then you have to fabricate your own thing and then you're going to try to use particular uh, rules or constructs to objectively get to this subjectively chosen uh, thing that you're and that and now that whole system you're going to call morality. Well, that's fine. But if someone doesn't like your system, as we've said in previous videos just recently, if someone doesn't like your system, then who, then, then who cares? You can't say for them. You can say within our system, we call what you're doing immoral, but we can't say that in any medicines, in any real sense, it's immoral. We're just saying for those of us who agree that human well-being is the best thing or human flourishing or whatever, then, then if that's your goal, then this we think is the objectively best way to get to that goal. But you understand that in general, in life, th this is meaningless. There is, there is, it does, it, it's made up. It's just a fiction. It's like a unicorn. It's like Santa Claus. It, it's not real. And so, uh, you know, this idea of real uh, of good, bad, best, worst, better. These are all just made up. They, they, they have no meaning. 
They, they don't mean anything. You can't make those value statements. All you can really say is, I like this thing more, or most people like this thing more, or people that agree with me that human well-being is the best thing. We all tend to like these things better than those things. This is if you're stepping out of your system to speak in general. But to the person who's outside of your moral system who doesn't like it, all you can really say in any medicine is, he doesn't like what we like. Well, okay, but that's not any kind of morality that anybody cares about. That's not any kind of morality that's meaningful. And in fact, you do understand, and I realize this is both an emotional, but I also think an intellectual point about our intuitions as, as sources of truth in some cases, though not all. And that is that you are saying that the, that to uh, let's, I'm trying to be good about YouTube. They've got new uh, community standards. I got to be careful about, but let's just put it this way. Doing horrible things to other people, even very young people, isn't wrong. The most horrible things you can imagine aren't really wrong. Do you believe that? Now, get, now, what I'm inviting you to do at this moment is to get out of the bubble. If you're an atheist, and, and particularly if you've only been an atheist for a few years, step outside of the worldview for a minute, and I'm asking you to look at it. Push yourself back from the desk with all the arguments and all the, the, the tricks and gimmicks to get around certain things, and just push it back from the fallacies and all that, and just ask yourself, is that the way it is? Are you really prepared to take that position? Because I think honestly that most of us simply know that's not the way that it is. And that's an important thing, I think, to, uh, to bring out. Now, also next, it's, it's important to take out of this that Gervais, here's the Hitchens move, completely misses the point, completely misses the point that I think Russell Brand is making. Now, there, what he says here is, I can't stand it when people say you can't be good without God. I think there are people who say that, okay? So I get why that would frustrate you. But you're talking to Russell Brand right now, and you're aware of objective versus subjective morality, and so is he. So the, so the real issue here that, that makes it sound to me, Gervais, like you're talking past Russell Brand, and since I know you know about these things, makes me wonder if this is not intentionally talking past Russell Brand, is that's not, that's not what we mean in these discussions when we're talking about morality and goodness. We're not saying that atheists, and this is what Hitchens got wrong time after time after time after time so often, and was corrected so often, that I have to wonder whether it was intentional or unintentional in his case. Uh, I don't like to speak ill of the dead, and I don't know for sure, but um, either he was one of the most forgetful debaters I've ever heard of, or this was intentional, because he was corrected multiple times on this. We are not saying that atheists or Muslims or Hindus or anybody else can't do things that from a human perspective are good. What we are saying is that goodness itself has no meaning. Yes, Christians have done heroic and horrible things. Atheists have done heroic and horrible things. Irrele that's not really the point. The point is there is no good. There is no bad. There is no better or worse without God. That is the point. And Gervais seems to miss that here, especially when he gives us an example so that we're not confused about what he means. This has been proven time and time again, presumably that atheists do good things. So all of that is important, I think, to take out of this. It's a missing of the point. Um, about whether a person can be good or not. Now, so that you don't think that I'm strawmanning him, does Gervais take a position of moral relativism? I just don't need a structured guidebook outside, at, you know, my, my own morality. And morality is relative and not absolute. And you, you'd have to keep... Dogma is the problem. 
I think dogma is the real problem. And it's not just in religion anymore. It's creeping into everything. It's creeping into politics. And it's creeping, you know, identity politics. It's creeping into um, so, just social um, structures and opinions. It's Okay, so there it is. He He's, number one, revealing to us that he knows what relativism is, moral relativism, and he adopts it. He knows what it means for something to be subjective in that way, and he adopts it. And 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 here we uh, we understand now that that his last comment when talking to someone like Russell Brand is, I mean, I, trivially, trivially, if he's talking about the people outside of these kinds of conversations who might just say ignorantly, um, well, you can't be good without God and mean it in the way that he's taking it, um, that you can't from a human perspective do good and bad. I don't want to get into Christian understandings of goodness and badness and filthy rags and righteousness and salvation and all that. But from a human perspective, can you can't be good without God. No, from a human perspective, Christians do good and bad things. Atheists do good and bad things. Okay. But he understands that. So it's odd to me that in this discussion, that's the approach he's going when we see this. But secondly, I agree with something he says here that 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 uh, secular in, in secular situations now with social justice movements, with um, uh, feminism, with uh, with whatever you want, but take take your issue. Dogmas are being raised up and constructed and then hoisted forward for you to accept dogmas that things that cannot be questioned or should not be questioned. And there I'm with Gervais. I don't, I don't, I don't tell Gervais he shouldn't question anything about Christianity. This channel exists to deal with questions about Christianity and to explore those together with people. Uh, but he's right that there are people in the secular world who are putting forward <laughs> these dogmas that should never and can never be questioned. And you can imagine what those are all on your own, but that's an important thing to keep in mind. And so um, both I, this reveals Ricky Gervais clearly his understanding of what morality is. Um, we still haven't gotten what he thinks is the goal of morality. I'm imagining it's some sort of a humanism, but we haven't been told that. And then uh, secondly, um, I think he's right about the dogmas in society. But of course, I think that counts to our favor. Now let's listen to Brand again. But like, I do feel like when people think there's no purpose or meaning that and that needn't necessarily be just because of a belief in God, that it creates cultures that are oddly materialistic, nihilistic. And I feel like in the last 20 years, we're seeing more and more worship of self. Yes, 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 yes. Whether we like to hear it or not. And listen, I love my audience and I love the atheists in this audience and agnostics. And this channel exists because we love skeptics. But I want you to understand that I realize for you, this may not be the case. But but I think what what he says here is absolutely right. When you put forward a materialism that matter is all there is and that uh, the universe is this closed system of cause and effect and blah, blah, blah. And you don't there's no such thing as the supernatural. There's no such thing as the soul. There's no such thing as the spirit. There's no such thing as any of that. It's just the, the raw mechanics of your physical body. You are a moist robot, as Daniel Dennett says. If, if that's the if that's what you're pushing forward to people and you're telling them that morality is subjective such that. Take it or leave. If you don't like it, you don't like it. And we think you should like it, but we don't have a grounding to tell you that outside of the system you should like it. Yes, this can lead to a nihilism and has for some people. It, it can lead to, certainly to a worship of self. Now, how would, if we gave Gervais the best of the arguments that would come from someone like Sam Harris or others, 
to, to try and help him out here, what could he say in response to me? What he could say in response is, well, hold on now. Um, yeah, there, there might be this, this selfishness, uh, you know, Brand wants to say, the worship of self, but that's dripping with religious terminology. There is this selfishness, but this selfishness can be harnessed. We saw this in our response video to the David Wood versus Dillahunty debate, that we can harness this selfishness and recognize and lead people to recognize that what's good for the culture and what's good for the society as a whole, though it might not seem like it's the very best thing for you in the moment, it's the best thing in the end, and it will create a culture and a society that will serve you better. So it's still selfish, but we can harness your selfishness and turn it back on you in a way that it helps society. Now understand here a fundamental difference, and this is one of the things in the video that I do not want you to miss. Understand a fundamental difference here between Christianity and this sort of an uh, humanism, atheist humanism, naturalistic humanism. And that is this. When you operate that way, what you are doing is granting what Russell Brand said. You're saying, yes, it's the worship of self. Um, but the worship of self isn't necessarily a terrible thing. We just want someone to worship themselves in a grander and broader way that serves the needs of all of their kingdom. Now, no one would ever say their kingdom. But when you're letting them be selfish in this way, when you're encouraging a fostering and a harnessing of that selfishness, the individual sees themselves as their own God and the world as their kingdom. And so they get to turn this selfishness back on themselves, even if you don't view it that way. This is the thinking. Selfishness. The, what's good for the culture is good for you. The atheistic humanism is fostering. It's not confronting. It's fostering selfishness and trying to use it to meet an end. Whereas Christianity stands directly opposed to that. And what Christianity says is, no, 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 no. We need to try and kill that. And you probably never will this side of heaven. In fact, the only truly selfless act that has ever been completely altruistic, uh, done by a man, was done by the God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross as a sacrifice for the world. That was the only thing I can think of that is a completely and purely altruistic uh, act. Maybe I'm wrong. I'll have to think about that. But the point that I want to say is here is Christianity says, no, kill the self. Kill, and by which we mean kill that selfish nature to serve others, to give of yourself for the good of another. Whereas naturalism says, no, go with the selfishness, but use it back to create a better society. Here is the key problem with that key distinction. The key problem is, that what is going to happen is that any particular individual who accepts all of those, now we're not talking about someone who doesn't accept the humanism, someone who is totally sold. They have walked the aisle of secular humanism and bowed the knee. This sort of a person, since selfishness is this thing that's going to run this deal, in any given point, they might look at this and say, you know what? I, I recognize it. And so I'm going to make the selfish decision that... In this particular case, I don't think it matters to society if I do this particular wicked thing. And they could be right or wrong. And here's the thing. When that happens, you get, listen, I, you know, I want to be careful with this because I know that atheists get upset. In fact, no, I'm, I'm just going to say it. Um, I've noticed among the atheist community, who I love and not all of you, this is true of. But when we talk about certain historical facts about atheist regimes in the 20th century, many atheists absolutely lose control. Now, Christians lose control about things too, so don't feel like I'm singling you out. 
but many atheists lose control about this. In fact, I, I remember seeing a debate since I mentioned Dillahunty. I remember seeing an early debate where he was talking with uh, a United Methodist guy and uh, they were getting along fine. But then somewhere that United Methodist minister brought those issues up. And Dillahunty said, you know, I thought we could get a beer after this and, and be friendly. I, I don't think that's going to happen now or something to that effect. Completely shut it down over this issue. Um, but I'm sorry, the, the reality is what it is. This has to be what Russell Brand is in, in partly thinking of. And of course, we can think of things happening in the 21st century where individuals decided if that's all it is, if I'm just matter in motion and we're running on selfishness, I'll, I'm going to do what I want right here. Now, are there other issues that play in uh, mental uh, mental issues that are going on there, mental disabilities, perhaps? And I don't want to take that off the table. It's often a conglomerate of things when we talk about what causes someone to do a particular thing. But I think it's important to to point out that um, that these things are there. But the fundamental issue I want you to realize here is that this is a key distinction between the humanist fabricated moral systems and Christianity. And that is that Christianity says die to self and the humanism says go with self, just go with self in a way that's good for everyone because ultimately that's good for the self. So I think that that's a, an important distinction. All right, let's move on now to uh, a, a, a question from Ricky Gervais that I was actually shocked to hear until I remembered it from the television program that he references. A couple of points. I, I do think there's a, a, a people uh, crave a oneness um, even if we don't have about understanding about why we're here, because again, that's very human. We're inquisitive. We want to know why. We want the answer why. And some people don't accept, but we don't know yet, but we're on the way. They don't, they got no, well, they, um, that's no, you know, the God of the gaps. We, we, we understand that. But if I, if you don't know, explain it, God did it. Okay, well, it doesn't really solve anything. Even down to the, uh, I put a joke in Afterlife where cats bothering me. And she says, uh, how did it all come from? Someone from nothing. And uh, I go, well, uh, uh, where did it all come from then? She goes, God made it. I go, okay, where did God come from? She went, he's always been around. I go, simple as that, isn't it? So, uh, you know, it, it doesn't answer the question, but I get it. I don't think you get it, Ricky, um, because this is, got, this is one of the most fundamental um, mistakes that atheists tend to make, including Richard Dawkins. This was the item about which um, Michael Roos said that when, that when he read Dawkins' book, it made him ashamed to be an atheist. And that is that, um, that, that this idea of who made God completely misunderstands. He says that he included it as a joke in a television program. And I'm thinking, that was your joke? That joke has been around for ages. But here's the problem with that. It's a misunderstanding. It, it tells me that the evidence that does exist for the truth of God's existence Either Gervais is unaware of something like the Kalam cosmological argument or a contingency argument, or um, isn't willing to deal with it on any deeper level than this. Maybe there's a video where he has, and if he has, I would sure love to see that video. Somebody send it to me. But here's the problem. Well, if we're talking about a contingency sort of situation, you can't have this infinite regression of contingent things, so you need a necessary thing. But on a, the, the thing that is more compelling to me even than that is the idea that um, uh, if you have the Kalam cosmological argument, which everyone knows is my favorite argument for God's existence, and get ready in the chat for all the people to tell me it's been debunked in this weird debunking that I've never seen before. But the reality is, if you, if, if you have the existence of the universe from a situation of no space, no time, no matter, then there are certain things that we understand are true of that first cause that must be true. It must be spaceless, timeless, and non-material, right? 
It also, in that state, you can't have random events because nothing's happening to be random and because it's a timeless state, right, of nothingness. And you can't have a determined outcome because there's no prior determinism to work on the cause, which means that this cause must have libertarian freedom. And what sort of things have libertarian freedom? Minds do. Other reasons, there are other reasons why we can, um, we can come to the conclusion that this is a mind. Nevertheless, taking all of that, what we understand is in a timeless state, whatever you think the cause of the physical universe is, from a timeless state, the only things that need beginnings or endings are temporal things because beginning and ending are temporal terms. In a timeless state, there is no beginning or ending. Those terms are meaningless. So God exists timelessly. An ocean of ink has been spilt on this issue throughout church history. And this, this is what, what we're given? The very thing that Michael Roos says he's ashamed to be an atheist because, uh, because of something like this. So, um, yeah, I, I just find that shocking. Let's, let's keep moving forward. Um, no reason to dwell on that too much. And I think, I think um, apart from people wanting there to be some sort of um, divine justice, because you know, that would be great. Good people would be rewarded and bad people would be punished. Brilliant. Okay, it doesn't work like that. You know, you only have to look at, um, uh, you know, children in Africa being born with cancer. And, you know, we, we know that's not, we know mysterious ways isn't an explanation, okay? Um, uh, that, that, to me, is someone who doesn't know the answer and says mysterious ways. But apart from that, you're right, we're seeking the answer. Why are we here? Um, I think we think that, Hold on. Well, it's too good. It's too good to be chance. It's everything's perfect. Well, it seems that way. You know, it's like Douglas Adams' puddle. You know, when it imagines this, I fit this whole one perfectly. Okay. Um, before I say anything else, I want to say that uh, um, so I saw someone in the chat say, "Well, this guy on the screen talking about me is straw manning everything." Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to sound a little bit like my uh, usual co-host Jonathan Pritchett here. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just going to say this. And I don't know if this is true of this person, but someone just sent me an image of a straw man on Twitter just a while ago. And I got to thinking the most common logical fallacy that I hear alleged from both Christians and atheists online is straw man, straw man, straw man. And I, and I want to be careful and loving in this. There are lists of logical fallacies online that I encourage people to understand and, and to memorize. They'll all be very helpful. Um, this isn't the only one. This is one of many. And straw man, and I'm not trying to be facetious when I say this, I think some people, perhaps on both sides, think that if they don't like what's being said, if they just chant straw man, then somehow it's a response in and of itself. If you're going to accuse me of a straw man, please explain in great detail how I'm straw manning someone and try to do that with others. I think whether you're a Christian or an atheist, that'll be very helpful. Um, uh, as far as uh, outside of the universe, you said, well, we can't know anything about it. Um, uh, not from natural science, perhaps, but we can from philosophy. So if that's your position, just hold on, because we're going to get there in just a moment. Um, all right. So he says, you know, it'd be nice. It'd be nice if there was justice this idea that, that people get what they deserve, but it's just not the way it is. And then he brings in the problem of evil. He talks about kids with cancer and things like that. But understand when I first listened to this, I had to listen back. I, I, honestly, I'll give him this. I didn't think he was making as good of a point as he's making, but the point that he's making still misses something very clear. 
I thought he was just throwing out a, a, a number of, of things that that uh, he thinks are somewhat relevant to the discussion. He's not. He's saying here something a little better than that. He's saying, look, I, I get it that it would be good if there was this justice, but when we look at the world, we see that that isn't the case uh, because good people experience uh, horrific tragedy and bad people experience uh, you know, wealth and prosperity and all that kind of thing. Okay, great. So um, here's, the, here's, the, here's what I want to say about that. So the, I, this is a man who's got a show right now on Netflix called Afterlife. Okay. I'm expecting him to understand that on the Christian paradigm, that this justice may be accomplished in some measure in this existence here on earth. But this, uh, this justice, if not here, will take place in the afterlife. Surely he's thought through this when he's got a show called Afterlife. So, so this is, this is just misunderstanding. And that's the means by which he brought up the problem of evil. But then he goes further and he says, but some people will say the problem of evil, uh, well, it's mysterious ways. And he says, that's a person who just doesn't know the answer. Now, this is where I want to point forward to something we're going to see in just a moment that I think is so good and shows a flat contradiction in his thinking, or at least in how he treats religious, um, religions and the philosophy of religion versus his own favorite position of um, naturalistic atheism. So he's saying that's just somebody who doesn't know. Well, isn't that what we're told is the most honest position? Is that if you don't know, you just say, I don't know. Secondly, we're going to see him in just a few moments say, just because I don't understand something doesn't mean that it's not true. And to that, I say, amen. But if that works for your naturalistic atheism with issues that you don't understand, it certainly can work for people for whom the question of God's existence has already been settled because they recognize the incredible arguments that we have and the great case for the resurrection. And now they're just asking themselves, in light of God's existence, how do we answer certain issues with, the, with, with suffering, pain, and evil? And for them, they may not know the answer, but it doesn't mean it's not true. In your own words, Ricky Gervais. Now, here's, here's the other thing about it, though. We do have answers. We don't just leave it with mysterious ways, right? There are a number of theodicies and defenses given by Christians on that issue. My favorite, I think there are several that are biblically faithful and that make sense of the world around us, but I think the engine behind them all is the free will argument. God wanted a world that would have a real genuine love in it, but if it has real genuine love, then it's got to have real freedom. But if you give man real freedom, even if you're God, you have to live with the fact that people will use this freedom for good and evil. And this accounts for even uh, natural disasters. Go back and see our uh, responses, several responses to uh, Hemet Meta's 78 Questions for Christians that we did with some visiting uh, people, uh, interviewers, uh, interviewees. So, um, so yeah, I, th- I think that this one just fabulously misses the point that the justice will come in the afterlife and then um, is contradictory in how Gervais answers people who say mysterious ways, when in a sense, that's what he's going to say later in this video, as you'll see. And, um, and then beyond that, we actually do have answers to these uh, questions. So, um, you know, I think, I think that's good for there. Uh, let's see, someone responded just a moment ago and said, it's not a matter of what I like. It is a non-answer. It's just more, um, here, I'll throw it up on the screen. Taylor Walston. It's not a matter of what I like. It is a non-answer. It's just more assertions trying to say other assertions fit. So it sounds good to you leading to the conclusion you like. Um, okay. I, I, I hear a lot of assertions there. 
Um, there was somewhere where someone says, and I think it was the same person. Um, oh, here we go. Uh, no, when you say that people consider themselves their own God, you are demonstrably making a straw man comparison. No, I understand that you don't think of yourself, if you're an atheist, I don't know you, uh, Taylor, and glad you're here, Taylor. You're welcome all the time. But I'm not saying that that you consider yourself to be a God. I'm saying that a particular understanding of humanism, which is the most popular one among naturalist atheists, that we seek human well-being above all else, is defended by its most popular defenders by saying uh, you're going to be selfish and that you can never completely purge that selfishness. But that selfishness can be used to not only benefit you, but for you to recognize that what's good for the society turns back and is good on you. And in to, to use the language of religious talk, understanding that you don't think of yourself as divine, it makes sense to say that is something like encouraging selfishness. And from a religious perspective, it makes perfect sense for someone like Russell Brand to say, you are making yourself a god. Not in the sense that you think of yourself as divine or we think of you as divine, but as an understanding that it's about selfishness there. That selfishness is the engine behind that. And you may not agree with that. And hey, high five. I'm glad that you're not after that. But it's not a straw man because that is in the words of the people who defend that. Um, so, all right, uh, let's... Um, Let's see. Did I, did I say everything I wanted to say about that? Yeah, I think I did. So let's go on now to hear something that I think is a shocking. I don't think Gervais meant to say this. Um, let's see what he says. I just think that, um, you know, my new, my new show, Supernature, I start with saying it's called Supernature for two reasons. One, I want to debunk the supernatural. I don't believe in anything supernatural i think that anything that that exists is by definition part of nature and is explainable if not now then eventually and also supernature because nature is super enough we don't need angels in unicorns we've got an octopus and then i go into you know we don't we don't need to look i feel we don't need to look elsewhere okay all right, so so this is interesting. What happened to you? All I'm saying, all I'm saying, we saw at the top of the show, all I'm saying is I just don't have a belief. Now, this is an illustration of what I've been trying to point out that I think does happen quite often, which is, um, and again, if it's not you, I'm not talking to you, but among many of our atheist friends is, I simply lack a belief. All I'm saying is I'm not convinced. All I'm saying is I haven't seen the evidence. But then turning around and saying, I'm trying to show... <laughs> <laughs> that, that that we don't need this supernatural stuff. I'm trying to show that we don't, that there aren't these unicorns or whatever else, that we've got octopuses and that's good enough. And he ends by saying, don't look elsewhere. Don't look, in fact, I want to make sure that you hear that from him and not me. I just think that um, we need to look, I feel we don't need to look elsewhere. We don't need to look elsewhere. Now, number one, this is, in practice, functioning as an atheist in the academic sense, an atheist who maintains the position that the supernatural and God does not exist. Um, but, but then, you know, you're functioning that way, but then you're saying so that you don't have the burden of proof, perhaps. I just simply lack a belief. I just simply lack a belief. That's all that's going on here. And that is an important thing to note. But then, so what, so what happened to this all I'm saying is, also, you're asking for evidence implying that you want to see the evidence. I haven't seen the evidence. And then you're turning around and you're saying, don't look elsewhere. 
In other words, we've got this natural science. We've got the natural physical universe. I'm, I'm saying, I think, don't look elsewhere. What's the point of that? Why are you implying that you want to see the evidence and then telling us we shouldn't look anywhere except to the natural world like that? Um, maybe what you're saying, perhaps what you're saying, if I'm trying to be as charitable as I possibly can and make cohesion out of this, perhaps what Gervais is saying is something like, I want to see the evidence, but the only evidence I'm going to accept is natural science evidence, like put it in a beaker evidence. We've seen that from atheists before, haven't we? Um, but the fact is, this is to this is to cut off philosophy. This is to cut off historiography. This is to cut off personal experience. And as we've seen, one of the major debilitating things that happens in YouTube atheism, for example, is that they have to cut those things off. Um, in in the in the course of the, now, they'll never admit that. But you'll have um, you'll have people like uh, Dill Hunty again saying, "I need a demonstration." Well, what's that demonstration look like? I don't know, but I want a demonstration. Is it going to look like something science? Maybe not science, but something sciencey. Yes, he said in our debate. So, you know, I, I, this is a major, major problem. But I think it's very interesting here that he tells us don't look elsewhere. And I'm trying to show that these things aren't real. When he started out by saying, "Hey, all I'm saying is I just haven't seen the evidence, and I don't believe." But don't go looking for that evidence outside of natural sciences. I mean, uh, if I'm strawmanning him here. You need to show me where uh, you, I, I'd be. I'd love to know that, that that it's not as bad as this, but it certainly sounds as bad as this. Another thing he says, supernature. He's he's calling his show supernature because he wants to do away with this idea of the supernatural. Now this is just a pot shot, and I try not to take pot shots, but I'm gonna I'm gonna just point out maybe for your um, interest here. Um, here, the, the the term super comes from the Latin supra which means more than, above, or beyond. So a Superman is more than a man. A Super Bowl is more than a bowl, right? To say, you can say you're, you don't want to use the phrase supernatural, so you're going to say supernature, because nature is really super. Uh, but what you're still saying is, in the show in which you are trying to show that the supernatural, does, or it sounds like that's what you're saying, the supernatural doesn't exist, or isn't necessary, or whatever, you are calling the show more than nature, or beyond nature. You're still, your show title conveys to those of us who are aware the opposite of what you're trying to convey. All right, so um, let's go on to the next thing and let's see uh, what else we get. Here we go. I think people are scared of death because they don't know what's beyond. And someone said to me, well, what, do you, what do you think it feels like when you die? And I say, like the 13 and a half billion years before I was born. And that was all right. Hmm. So, but we, but the big thing is injecting meaning. I think you're totally right. I think you're totally right. When you start thinking about it, it why are we here? Well, um, I mean, it, 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 not even the how, but why? Well, to live your life to the fullest and not and not hurt anyone. To leave the world in a better place than it was when you came into it. To to experience everything, all the reasons, all the obvious reasons, you know, love, wine, dogs, learning, um, all these great things that you can do every minute of every day that you're alive, and then you then you check out, you go, I'm done, thanks, and it's and it's done, and it's beautiful. It is beautiful. 
but I was struck when you said that by a few things. One is like the sort of like the injection of meaning, as in, you know, like meaning would have to be imported externally, fabricated somehow, invented. Whereas I think on some level I feel that there is that meaning is inhered and that the, the meaning is in the kind of zeal that you have when you describe the things that give you love, pleasure, um, you know, connection, whether it's wine or dogs or whatever. I I, I I've had like some some experiences like through meditation and when I, I took drugs too young and now so I'm now I'm not allowed to do ayahuasca or LSD or them things that I would definitely be doing if I wasn't in recovery. But I had like those sort of these experiences that were a kind of I would say a sort of an evaporation of self and yet a continued awareness. I know that my consciousness is connected to my biology, but I have a sense somewhat derived from uh, the sort of the fact that you know you can't trace how. Um, you know, mechanical parts ever become conscious, that consciousness may be elemental somehow. Now, that like, that doesn't point to a god in a traditional patriarchal or domineering sense, but it sort of points to an, a, an element that's very difficult to quantify, whether that's the deep intelligence of nature, the deep mathematics of biochemistry and biology, biology and the essential mystery of consciousness itself, you know, commonly referred to as the, the hard problem. And through these sort of individual experiences, whilst I've not had anything that you would call typically religious, Jesus emerging out of a tunnel, Ganesh lashing around or any of that sort of stuff, what I've had is like a, well, it's highly bloody interpretive. Okay, it looks like we're having trouble with the um, the stream. I don't know exactly what it is. Are you all still with me here? Um, uh, oh, it looks like maybe uh, I'm getting uh, uh, copyrights pulling the, uh, the, the clips. Um, well, they have changed some things lately, so um, I'll continue. So I'd like to know what happens when I play a clip. Does it just get cut off or say stream unavailable or something? So I'll tell you what, I'll just comment through the rest of this rather than playing any more clips. But uh, let me know if you all are still here and can still uh, see and hear me and all those kind of things. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, imagine that you can um, until you un until you um, until you tell me otherwise. Um, anybody? Anybody still still here? Uh, let's see. I'm gonna wait till I get some kind of confirmation.
Okay. Um, <laughs> looks like we're back. Uh, I don't know what that means. I don't know whether or not um, we are... Okay, we still got 77 watching, so wonderful. Um, I don't know if we've lost everything that came prior, but for those of you that are still here, I'm going to go ahead and finish this, finish the stream and, uh, we'll, we'll just, and I won't use the videos, I guess. And we'll just see how that goes. All right. Um, weird. That is really, really weird. Um, but here, so anyway, so let's see, where were we? So I'm kind of excited that it came back. Um, so anyway, so with meaning and consciousness, what we had was, um, Gervais making all kinds of claims about leaving the world a better place. And, and I'm just going to do the things that, that I enjoy that are better, like you know, using all of these value terms when you can't use those value terms. Um, when, when you, uh, when, when you don't have a grounding for values and morality, it just doesn't work. But then there was something interesting that happened with brand and brand, um, mentioned several things. He talks again about how these issues of meaning and morality are inhered. And what he means is they seem to be inherent. And it's not like he says you inject it and fabricate this. It seems like they're real. So that again, hints at the objective morality. But now he does start talking about, uh, I don't know if this is the reason we got cut off. So I want to be careful in saying it. Um, but uh, the use of certain uh, products that are not for sale in the gas station and that have an interesting effect on the human mind. I'll say it that way. Um, and he talks about how what happens with those things is that he, um, he, he has this sort of an experience where he loses his sense of individual self and is somewhat united with um, everything and everyone around him and all that sort of thing. Um, I, I've stopped seeing people pop up in the chat, but I'm assuming you're all still there. So here's, what, here's the interesting thing with that is um, obviously, I think that there are things that go on with the use of those kinds of things, again, that I'm trying not to name in case that's the problem with the stream here. Uh, no one should ever use that stuff. I I've never even used, um, well, can't even name the thing that I haven't used. But imagine the most low level of those things. <laughs> I've never used that. Um, the thing that might be legal soon, right? Um, but my understanding is that when they, when they use certain things like that to try and get people... Uh, you know, prepared for death, uh, to be more, you know, uh, accepting of it. Or when people use those things recreationally, what happens is they begin to have this, this, this similar situation where they, when they, when they come out of it, they have no more of, they have a less of a fear of death often, and they have more of a willingness to believe in the supernatural and God. Now, no one, I want to say again, should ever use these things, but it's interesting to me that when people have near-death experiences or in situations like this, uh, there are certain similarities that seem to happen and that these products that we're talking about seem to hit at exactly the point of connection with consciousness and the brain. And they have this effect, which seems to indicate toward, um, it, 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 if anything, it doesn't count in favor of naturalism, right? So that's all I really want to say about that. But then consciousness itself, and he talks about the hard problem of consciousness. How is it that these physical mechanical structures can give rise to 
this conscious awareness. And Gervais has to come to the point of kind of saying that, listen, I believe that if we, he says, I'm a determinist and all that, but I believe that if we build a sophisticated enough robot, it's going to have these sort of experiences where it is conscious and it gets irritated and all those kinds of things. Well, that's fine, but understand that is a faith-based position. You're accepting that without any reason uh, to, to necessarily claim on any evidence that that's the case. You're presuming naturalism and you're presuming that uh, the soul doesn't exist or that it's all material without understanding how to get to the point of then saying, if we had a sophisticated enough robot, then it would, it would count. It would be able to do the same thing. But here's the thing. When he's pressed on this issue of consciousness, this is a clip that I would have played, and I encourage you to go check out the original video and to get that clip. Um, but um, here's what I want you to, to understand. He, he's, he says that um, just because, and I, and I may butcher the quote, that's why I like to play the clip, um, and this is not, by the way, a violation of fair use, because I am commenting on the thing and the whole thing about a certain time, you only get 30 seconds or something. That's not true. Um, we're, we're creating a transformative product and commentary on a thing, but I would play the clip, but without the clip, this is what he says. He's saying just because I don't know how a thing works or I don't understand it doesn't mean it's not true. So his answer to consciousness and things is, yeah, I don't have an answer to that. I don't know how to answer that. I don't think science currently has an answer to that, but just because we don't understand it doesn't mean it's not understandable and doesn't mean that it's not true, to which I say you're absolutely right. So when you say to someone about the problem of evil, it's mysterious ways. You can't say to me it's mysterious ways. That's a person saying they don't know how it works. You're absolutely right. And it's not what I say. But when people say that, here's the thing. You have to, you can't, listen, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. If you can say about your naturalistic presupposition that it is the case that um, this, the, the consciousness is based on the material and all material, uh, because even though you don't know how it works, it doesn't mean it's not true, then who are you to stand up and say to the person who accepts God's existence that just because they don't know how to explain why God allows certain cases of evil or pain or suffering that, you know, they're wrong for not rejecting it or whatever. Doesn't seem to make any sense. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. But here are some things. There was another clip I wanted to play where he talks about a secular government would be better. We're not going to get there. We're just going to close it out with this because we've already been going for uh, an hour and 12 minutes and we've had stream problems. But I'm just going to say this. In closing, here's what I took away from Gervais's comments in this video. All I'm saying is I haven't been convinced of this stuff. But death is the end, and we should stop believing in it, and it's superstitious. And just, uh, just because I can't explain something doesn't mean that it's not true. But don't look elsewhere beyond natural science. Remember, we saw the clip before it went away. Don't look elsewhere. Don't be looking elsewhere for an answer. Just stick with natural science. Well, how am I going to give you... When you say, all I'm saying is I haven't been convinced, how am I going to convince you if you won't look elsewhere? It's like saying, don't look at that man behind the curtain, right? Um, and when you say, I can't explain it, uh, doesn't mean that it doesn't ex it's not true. Um, couldn't a Christian say that same thing? Couldn't a Christian just say, I can't explain it, but it doesn't mean it's not true. And wouldn't that be a conversation stopper? So when he says, I'm trying to show people that the supernatural isn't necessary. And don't look outside of natural science for an answer. 
And all I'm saying is I remain unconvinced. The question then becomes, who's more open-minded here? Now, Russell Brandt might be so open-minded that his brain has fallen out of his gorgeous hair, for all I know. Um, but Ricky Gervais seems to be far more close-minded to facts and truth and evidence than any Christian apologist I've ever met. And uh, I think that's an important lesson that we can take away from this. In the end, um, I'm going to stop the apologetics and just say this. Ultimately, what I would say to preach to you a little bit is Jesus died on the cross and bore the sin of the world and rose from the dead that you and I might one day rise from the dead. And what your response to that and mine should be is to say we all do things that we know are wrong. The Bible calls that sin. And as a result, we should trust in Christ for our salvation because we cannot save ourselves. And if you'll do that today, contact me. Contact me uh, at uh, braxton at trinityradio.org. I'd love to hear from you about that. I'm sorry for the problems we've had with the stream today. And listen, uh, as we seek to try and make this show better and make things like this possible, um, I, I'm going to continue to do this. I do not require money to preach the gospel or teach the Bible, but there are some books that I've produced and things like that and extra videos that you can get as a patron. We just released um, six more lectures. Now we have 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34 seminary level lectures on history of apologetics. That's the newest thing, which is really similar to a history of philosophy as well as, uh, and it's more than what you get in a typical history of apologetics class or history of philosophy class. And um, also the, the, the history of philosophy, uh, contemporary apologetics, um, uh, major world religions, the problem of evil. Check it out by becoming a patron. And you can do that by, by well, you can't do it now at the top right-hand corner of the screen. But if you're watching this video at a later time, click in the top right-hand corner of the screen, or any of you can go right now to patreon.com slash trinityradio. I really would appreciate it. It really, really does help. We've recently lost a few patrons because of the um, uh, because the coronavirus has affected things in terms of the economy. But listen, ultimately, I just want you to believe the truth. And listen, I'll see you next time on Trinity Radio.